You're right there. You're right there. Oh, got a interesting screen on our screen there. You like the theme? Music. Yeah, just carry on. Okay, Scotty's got to do something. Sorry about that. Uh, we can't see ourselves, but you can see us, so that's all right. We don't need to see ourselves. We know what we look like. Neil spends a lot of time and look in the mirror anyway, don't you, Neil? <laughs> Too much time. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He do- no, actually, the opposite. <clears throat> you spend a lot more time looking in the mirror. Speak for yourself. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, carry You're on. So vain. Yeah, probably think this show is about you. <laughs> <laughs> Enter the dragon. Yeah. Enter the, is that what it's called? Enter the dragon. Wow. That was a good movie. Bruce Lee, is he called? Bruce Lee, yeah, the spirit of Lee, you know. Be like water. Be like water. Yeah. Be like the Chinese. Yes. What are the Chinese doing? That's what I want to know. What are those Chinese well, up to? I got to the Always chase. I think, the they came, I think they came out this week. <clears throat> and no, they're not LGBT. They, they came out, out uh, clear, pretty clearly on Russia's side. They did? I mean, it was obvious to anyone paying attention. It's always going to happen. Western, you know, <clears throat> capitals have been sort of lying to themselves the last 10 years. Well, China's still in play. Well, we we could convince them with, you know, arguments and bribes and mm-hmm. all sorts of ploys. They could yet be on our side against Russia. Yeah, right. So yeah, I think pretty much this week the Chinese uh, stated whose side they're on. Mm. Um, you know, that, little, that Rubicon has been crossed, you know. It's China and Russia against America. Yeah. It's always going to happen, right? Uh, I mean, the, Amer- the, the over long term, not necessarily, but yeah, in the last in our time, yes. I mean, yeah. longer term, like we talked about earlier, the U.S. has had this in mind in the past and been wary of it. And Kissinger warned about it recently because he had experience getting China on side back in 1979. You know, splitting up the alliance, the Eastern uh, Communist Alliance. Mm. Um, well, China is different. Uh different animal though you know from the west perspective you can't just turn around and say uh g killed my baby no because i mean what are you going to do for your plastic crap um by plastic crap i mean everything else as well as plastic crap you know uh china is the uh china is the the production factory of the west basically um i mean you don't mess with them you know just on, on a whim type thing you know yeah that was a bit racist, Joe. Plastic crap. Come on. Well, it used to be called plastic crap. That's yeah. What they started made out. in China, it used to mean, you know. They started out with plastic crap. That's how they Everyone got, starts somewhere. That's how, that's how they got uh, a, that's a how, shoe in the door, you know. Yeah, and then they climbed to the top. Yeah, and now they're uh, a lot more than And now they've crap. got more ICBMs than the United States of America. Well, not just military, but I mean, in terms of what they produce for the West, how the West economy is. Yeah, everything in this room is Chinese. Yeah, including you. <laughs> you were made in China. Including that fancy shirt you're wearing. Probably, there. if I look somewhere it's, on it. It's made to look Western. Like this computer. Me, I'm Joe. I'm wearing a Western that shirt. That fish, for sure, definitely. definitely is made in China. Then cameras, that screen. That fish. These mics. That fish. In China. Those those screens. Some of them were packaged in Amer- in, in, the, in the West, like packaged in, uh, in Europe or in America. You know, you get them from China, put them in a box, and then say, packaged, assembled, assembled in Europe, assembled in America. Uh, but made in China. Yeah, it's an awful lot of stuff. So that's what I'm saying. They can't really do... It's not just stuff, though. I get your point. The, no. the, the kind of codependency because of the way it's been stitched together with <coughs> the outsourcing of industry and so on to, to China. But it's it's more than that, though. There's also the cultural thing. 
it just wouldn't fly. China shot down the plane and killed my baby because they, there's they've been so <clears throat> non militaristic, non militaristic, so principled about this is what one thing we'll talk about. Like they have a principle against sending weapons mm. to or either party in, in, in a war. Yeah. yeah, they don't. They just don't. And the track record shows that. Mm-hmm. You know. That kind of thing. Um, the last time they fired a bullet over their border, I think it was against Vietnamese troops. And that was just a one-day border spot. Mm. Even when they fight the Indians over disputed borders in the sticks. Himalayas, it sticks, put the guns down. <laughs> they just beat each other over the head. Yeah. Uh, the very, very strict view about that. So you'll never get, you'll never get the, the, it just won't fly to play their terror thing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's why they, they can only criticize them on, well, look at how they treat their own people. Yeah. Xinjiang. Yeah. Tibet. The, the Uyghurs, yeah. Hong Kong. Yeah. You know, and even then, when you look in them, when you really look at it, it's weak sauce. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I suppose we'll start. Th- th- those, uh, yeah, those those thick fights are still uh, still still go, still go on, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, check it out there, Scotty. <clears throat> it's it's like it's years, like I don't know, ten years ago or more that I first saw the first. Go ahead, first. Uh, <laughs> the sticks. Even the music is scarier than the actual fight. <laughs> Beat each other with sticks. It's it's actually it's a bit of a joke. Like this was two months ago. Um, brutal, unreported clash in India. It's going on all the time, and they claim victory after they you know push them back. The Chinese are trying to get over that wall. And uh, the Indians will beat them back and then they'll slam a major victory. Although, and it doesn't get on Twitter. Well, it gets on Twitter, but it doesn't get into the mainstream media. So they're very unhappy with the fact that their major victory in their ongoing uh, brutal clashes. <laughs> <with sticks>. <laughs> Parliament. <laughs> in the Parliament in India. I'll talk about it, yeah. And we, I'd like to commend uh, the Prime Minister for the glorious victory in the <laughs> Great Stick War of February uh, 2023. One of many. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's you can drop it there. But this guy, we'll be talking about him later. Yeah, actually, foreign ministry. Yeah. So that's just a little side, but uh, yeah, it's an example of how, as you're saying, China has long had it's weird. It's part obviously part of the culture, it's deep within their genes, basically. You know what I mean? The the non uh, warmongery nature of of China, at least in the what would you call it in the modern era, or even yeah, probably modern era, the last few hundred years. Uh, they've taken a lot and just remained stoic. Um, and it's obviously, like I said, it's obviously part of their their makeup, hmm. you know. So um, and that terrifies Westerners. Yes. What do you do with someone like that when <laughs> when you have this powerhouse basically that built, built up its military and its economy and to, to rival you as the hegemon, the global hegemon, but they're not in any way militaristic or they don't. Um, you know, saber rattle, and they always try and, you know, we just we we be friends with everybody. It's like, yeah, but you know, you're building up that big military, and you're, uh, you know, the world's arguably the world's number one economy now. Um, 
we don't like that. You know, could you not act a bit more belligerent so we can demonize you in in in, in our media and in our speeches? Which is Chinese, why no, they we'll have, be friends. That's huh? why they have to resort to freaking weather balloons. Right, they had to resort to weather balloons. Yeah, that's about as much of a threat as yeah. you can show coming from China. <laughs> yeah, and like we said, in case people missed it last week, uh, the story of those weather balloons. Short, although it was like there was all sorts of speculation, there was UFOs thrown in there and everything. Uh, basically, <clears throat> common garden. Spy balloon used by many countries. Um, China flew one, as it has done, as America has, as several other nations have, flew it over, you know, different parts of different countries. Nobody ever really, nobody cares. Like, I mean, at the time, if you remember in the reporting on that, they said, um, initial reports out the Pentagon was, yeah, this looks like just one of those spy balloons. It doesn't seem to be anything serious. Um, the strange thing is they actually had to report it on it publicly at all, but that somehow got into the media. Someone put it out there in the media. Someone made an issue of this. Like I said, this has happened on, on multiple occasions in the past over U.S. territory, by China, by other countries, and in the opposite direction, America flies similar weather balloons over China, over multiple other countries. Other countries do the same over other countries. Everybody's spying on everybody else in very various different ways. Weather balloons with this array underneath is just one 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 way that they go go about doing it, but they have much better spying technology, as was said at the time of the Chinese, the original and best Chinese spy balloon there a few weeks ago. Uh, they have satellites, etc., that do a much better job of spying on things. These aren't really; it's just an, an adjunct, if you know what I mean. It's kind of diversifying your spying operations. Let's do some balloons as well as our spy satellites and all our other you know spy planes and stuff. So it wasn't a big deal, but they made a big deal out of it. And the only the only rational conclusion is they made a big deal out of it. America did in order to saber rattle over China to whip American, whip up anti American anti Chinese sentiment in America. In other in another scenario where this wasn't an issue for them, where they didn't want to whip up whip up uh, anti Chinese rhetoric, this wouldn't have been talked about at all. You wouldn't have heard it. And it like would I have say, blown over. It would have blown over ah. completely. Uh, yeah, good one, Neil. And uh, you. Um, but yeah, so the that's what they did. They made a big deal about it to serve rattle over China to, you know, sour American Chinese relations to provoke China, um, and then in order to make because you remember at the time also it made it, it there was a, a it was a necessary evil in a certain sense by allowing it to fly over and making it a public issue, you know, publicizing the idea that this Chinese balloon was flying over. I think it blew off course. That's what the Chinese said, and I think that's a reasonable uh, estimation of. I mean, that's the best, most likely, yeah. most likely uh, truth of the situation that it blew. Of course, the Americans could have chosen just to say no big deal, let it go, no serious media reporting on it. But they went in the opposite direction, and the necessary evil in doing that, in order to demonize China, was to make America look weak because they just let this balloon, you know, fly over America. So as a result of that, they had to shoot down four um, university weather balloons. More or less, uh, private, small, probably American too. Well, yeah, from Fairbanks. Well, yeah, for sure. Well, over in various different places along the across the U.S., there were four of them right over to the Great Lakes, and um, they shot down a few of those to make themselves look powerful again. But anyway, the upshot of it was the point. I'm, the reason I'm saying all this is the upshot of it is that strangely, despite the fact that it was obviously a kind of like a manipulated scandal to provoke anti-Chinese sentiment, the Chinese decided to respond, and they seem to have respond, responded um, in kind in a certain sense. Because, like, I mean, the Chinese should have taken it seriously because f from my perspective, 
what this said to the to the Chinese was that the Americans, either the White House itself, or maybe more likely some element of the deep state that you know over which the White House has no control, have declared their belligerent intent towards China. They basically said with that weather balloon incident, this is what the Chinese read from that was that, listen, America, these people in America, it's probably not even the White House. As we know, there are people beyond the White House who, who can direct America's foreign policy. And they're the ones you have to be really worried about in a certain sense. That uh, they've declared their belligerent intent towards China. So China has responded kind this week by offering a peace plan for Ukraine. <laughs> which is how the Chinese outbreak. But of course, <laughs> offering a peace plan for Ukraine uh, is tantamount to a declaration of war as far as America is concerned. <laughs> how dare you? Uh, and here, here's an example. Uh, this is, do you want to talk about that in more detail before I show the picture? Or will I show the picture of, there's one image from the document that the Chinese released about. Um, I have the, the Chinese foreign minister linked to it, but maybe, yeah. maybe you have a screenshot of the same thing. Yeah, I have the, I have the actual it's map. It's 12 point plan. Just stick it up there briefly. Yeah, you go ahead. We're not, we won't even read it out. It's 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 short on specifics as to you know what would be bartered, but the Chinese don't see it like that. In point number three or four is like okay, just cease fire immediately, just just stop or try to just de-escalate at least. It's twelve points. You see it there, number three. But the second one's interesting. Abandon the Cold War, War mentality. Mentality. I mean, that's what the hell is? What do you mean abandon the Cold War? mentality well that's what america's lived on <laughs> and grown fat on for the past 50 years 60 70 years well i went straight abandon to it i went straight to number three because that concerns the situation at hand so the overall thing is short on specific uh, specifics um but it's it's eminently sensible so ceasing hostilities well, you see but actually but on on the on the second point they're abandoning cold war, cold war mentality that's a red flag that's a that's a red flag for america because look what it says, the first line, the security of a country should not be pursued at the expense of others. That's exactly what Russia was saying in 20, exactly. December 2021. Are you sure this is in the Russian document? But the, the thing, the two of them, like, they they often say, they use the same phrases they have done since the late 90s with multipolar world, you know. Um, they have but, the, the same positions on. But America's security is strategic. always pursued at the expense of others. Right. Well, that's, that's, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a declaration of war. war. War against, that's how you declare war against America. You say, that's how fragile they are. That's how woke and fragile the American government is and the deep state is. If you say to American, to, to the American government, or the American deep state or whatever, the security of a country should not be pursued at the expense of others, that's a declaration of war. How dare you suggest such a thing? What are you saying? You're saying I shouldn't go around the world Enriching myself and benefiting myself at the expense of others? You dirty Chinese. I know what you're up to. You just want to supplant me. You want to be the head. Exactly. You just want what I am. But you can't have it. It's mine. <laughs> mine. It's, it's a short document because it's, it's so sensible. It's, you know. Nah, resuming peace talks. Well, where's the sense in that? Show me what else are they, what other ridiculous notions have they got there? Ceasing hostilities? Get it fucking real, will you? Resolving, what do you mean resolving humanitarian crisis? Come on, talk sense. Protecting, ah, right, protecting civilians. Yeah, sure. Keeping nuclear, no, not keeping nuclear power plants safe. Nobody in their right mind would subscribe to that. Strategic risks, we, we want a lot. We, Neil, 
as an American, how am I meant to survive without strategic risks? The only reason I get to, you know, go around the world and have, what is it, 700 military bases is because there are strategic risks. Risks. If you reduce those, what do you, you want me to go back home? You want to destroy my empire? Because you want it? Is that it? You want it? <laughs> That's exactly right. <clears throat> Stopping sanctions? No, come on. Get over it. St- stable industrial supply chains? <sighs> what are you, some kind of conspiracy theorist? Promoting post-conflict reconstruction? No, we don't. That last one? Absolutely fucking not. No way. <laughs> Well, you want us to go back to Iraq, I suppose, do you? Go back into Iraq and Afghanistan and, 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 and recon- reconstruct? Is that what you want us to do? Well, the least you could do is give Afghanistan back their own money. No, I'm sorry. It's, yeah. This is just a, 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 it's a parade of horribles for a start. It's just it's an irrational, ridiculous, fundamentally anti-American diatribe. It's reality-based community nonsense. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. It's it's so sensible and reality based that um, what's interesting is that none of it was directly addressed by Western governments. They knew this was coming because the Chinese had announced to their foreign minister in Munich that uh, on the anniversary of the launch of the war, February twenty fourth, they would publish this peace proposal. And in anticipation of it, in the days leading up to it. Well, they're specifically talking about Ukraine here, obviously, right? Yeah. Right. They have them they, in Ukraine. They but, put but, them, but they put it in general terms. Right, that in broad terms. In a broad sense, so that no one could possibly disagree with any of right. the stances. In fact, everyone does claim to agree to the you know, respect of the sovereign territory of people. Right. But uh, not in... Solve humanitarian crisis. Not in a way that benefits but, anybody other than America, though. Well, right. this would be to the benefit of all. No. Well, that, but that's... That's fundamentally anti-American. When you talk about benefit of all, that's fundamentally anti-American. It's communist. Uh, no, that's the yeah. problem. And this is why the two worlds can never meet. Um, so, but, it, but, it, but can but I say this? But in, in the build-up to this, before they could even announce it, it's bizarre. The U.S. first, then London, then Baerbock in Germany, and then Stoltenberg. Stoltenberg. Yeah. All of them issued statements in about a 36-hour period warning China not to, quote, supply arms to Russia. Is that what this treaty was about then? It was just a covert way of saying that we're going to give weapons. They, they seem to be, in their minds, the Western leaders were forestalling the peace proposal, what we just saw, by saying, ah, we know your game. I would, I, yeah, I You're see. about to come on Russia's side in a big way. By, and we're by warning t- you not to do that. Yeah. Um, well, they, supply weapons they also drew a map, uh, the Chinese, yeah. specifically in the terms of the, their proposed peace plan. They they wanted to be mediators for, they suggested they could be mediators for a peace peace process or a cessation of hostilities in Ukraine. And they put up a map as the what the future would look like, you know, the future shape of Ukraine. Um, it, I saw this. Is that really from is mm-hmm. that Chinese FM? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like I can understand. Like I mean, I don't obviously don't subscribe to their mentality. Are you sure? Ma- I saw. It. Are you sure this is an actual Chinese? Yeah, map. Yeah, yeah. Chinese I think government map. So <laughs> I think they're trolling. <laughs> they accepted that the four provinces to the south and the east are Russian. Not just those, but then demilitarized zone. Then there's right a demilitarized zone, and then there's West Kiev. Yeah, yeah, it worked in Germany, right? Yeah, the Chinese think, well, that was recent. Maybe the Westerners will understand this. Well, they agreed to it. 
The Americans agreed to it mm-hmm. after the Second World War, right? East and West Germany. So why not East and West Kiev? All worked out. And, and it is on a river. Yeah, of course. So you can see, obviously, how um, the Americans weren't exactly enthusiastic about that and the Europeans weren't enthusiastic. Um, but, Once you know, the reality is that that might actually be the end result. You could have yeah, another couple of years of war and that's what it'll end up as. It's realistic. Although I suspect the demilitarized zone will be m- but look, more pro-Russian. But I think it's Trump. very generous. Like right down to Zaporizhia and Dnipro, like the, the, the cities on, on the river and, and the, like all, you know, you've got Odessa and Kherson are all still part of Ukraine. No? Yeah, for now. No, but I mean, if that was to be implemented, it, as, I, okay, as I don't south. think it's that unreasonable, you know. But, you know, whatever, if you want to keep fighting and then get that, if you want to lose, if the Ukrainians want to lose another few hundred thousand soldiers and have, you know, dozens more towns destroyed and then get that, then they're, they're welcome to go ahead and do it, you know. Yeah. That's, that's, this is realistic as things stand now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's ultimately at this point what, uh, it's, it's probably straight out of the Russian kind of, uh, Russian Ministry of Defense, you know what I mean? They've probably just saying he's got it from there, you know. But they're looking at the situation, they see it in the same way. But um, where where that map actually ends up, I think Shoigu recently said that the, the future shape, you know, how far Russia goes into Ukraine will ultimately depend on what kind of weapons the West supplies to... That was Putin himself in his State of the Union. It was the kind of the only thing he taught... People... We're anticipating that last week. Oh my God, Putin's speech. Yeah. It's amazing how much they get the one of the world to hate Putin, but they themselves were anticipating the speech. Yeah. Um, uh, he got kind of the only reference he made to strategic thoughts about what's next for Ukraine. People thought there would be a lot more, but he just kind of gave it on Ukraine. He just gave a pep talk to motivate, you know, mm-hmm. the army out there and the locals, of course. Um, but he said that, that um, this will end up wherever we we will push them back wherever the current access their weapons have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As far as the weapons can reach. Yeah. yeah. So. It's all about security. It's all about ensuring Russian security of of Russia and the east of Ukraine, which is Russian ethnic Russians and Russian speaking, and of course the four regions that they, they incorporated into Russia recently. It's all about securing their long term security. And that's I mean that's not going to change now, you know. So it, it was a smart statement, wasn't it? Because it, it says it's kind of something you're fond of, pushing the responsibility back on others. So it's saying, this isn't just about me and what I decide. The, the, mm. there's, there's two to tango here. Mm-hmm. It depends on you as well. Yeah, you know, We will act based on what you do. Mm-hmm. But publicly, the West has seen you know, these totally hard and fast lines, like Kiev's line. We're, no, no, no. This doesn't end until we get every inch back, yeah. including Crimea. Yeah. Um, but you're saying that, but... That's that's not, that, that, that's not a. You're saying that to keep it simple and to keep your side motivated. The fact that but, they just just on the point of, I keep seeing people like Elon Musk and other people of note, supposed note, um, talking about World War Three and the threat of nu- nuclear Armageddon mm-hmm. still being present and it getting worse and worse and worse and getting to the point. And these people don't understand that. When you when you see what Russia is doing, and you see the, how the world, uh, the West has responded to, to Russia. Sure, they're both between Russia and, and, and the US. They have the most, you know, biggest nuclear arms 
stockpiles in the world. But it's pretty clear at this point, if these, these people obviously haven't noticed, but it's pretty clear that there's no intention. It's, it's off the table. All the things that are on the table, of all the things that are on the table, nuclear war and nuclear weapons is not one of them. Putin talks about it now and again, like makes, makes kind of subtle references to it or whatever, but I think they all understand that that's not going to happen because when you hear Zelensky and Western politicians, American politicians talking about taking back Crimea and striking Crimea, they clearly aren't afraid that that would be a red line that would... Because, you know, if you listen to Putin, Putin has said that any direct threat against the Russian Russia's survival, basically, or threat to, to the state, you know, they would be justified in using any any means available to them to, to protect the Russian state. He says that, and of course that's held to by other nuclear powers as well. They, that's, that's the whole point of having nuclear weapons, right? But at the same time, it's, it's, ver- it's a very remote and distant scenario, mm-hmm. you know, because if the West really believed that Russia would respond in that way, they wouldn't be talking about bombing, uh, bombing uh, Crimea. You know, which is more, even more than the Donbass, even more than those four regions is very much a part of Russia. You know, of, of those between the Donbass and the other two uh, regions that they recently incorporated and Crimea, Crimea stands out as being inviolably part of Russia for, for now and forevermore type thing. It's not going away. So when they talk about targeting Crimea, they may as well talk about targeting Moscow. In fact, they have talked about targeting Moscow. So they're they're happy to talk in those terms. In, in 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 the kind of absolute the, terms, yeah. In in the in the safety or the security that this wouldn't that they're not even if they were to do that, it wouldn't cause a nuclear conflict. You know, because there's there's a kind of strategic uh, kind of stalemate in a certain sense, or. Um, in, in terms of even in terms of conventional weapons, you know, if they were to launch high Mars, longer range missiles, whatever, at Crimea, Russia would be able to shoot most of them down. Some of them might get through, but and it would raise tensions or whatever. But then it would calm down, so they could go ahead and do that. You know, they could actually attack Crimea, and maybe they will. And there'll be a big hoo-ha about it, and and the, and the World War Three nu- nuclear Armageddon. People will, will poo their pants and stuff, but there will be no nuclear Armageddon. You know what I'm saying? There is a line that they all hold to ultimately and they, they're assessing where it is all the time and it's back and forth. But nobody here is in, in this conflict is, is planning to or has any plans to actually unleash any kind of nuclear weapons at each other because MAD holds, holds fast. You know what I mean? It ho- MAD is still, has been since the beginning and is still today absolutely relevant and always will be, you know? Um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, you were saying that the media... <clears throat> the Western media in particular can't help themselves but get very excited about any time Putin makes a speech. Yeah. Um, but can we just, just to wrap up maybe with China first because yeah. we mentioned it uh, at the start that I, I'm I'm calling it now, you probably agree, that China is... Um, going to supply weapons. It already is. N- no, no, no. I think that's... Well, maybe, is it? Some, well... Technology, dual, dual use, dual use technology, maybe yeah, washing machines. Von der Leyen scared of yeah. washing machines in Russia. Yeah. Um, no, I, they, I think they they kind of what's the expression you use? 
nailed their colors to the mast mm-hmm. um, because it was a busy week for the Chinese foreign ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 12 point plan was, it was weird. It was forestalled by that nonsense. Better not send weapons. Okay. What's that got to do with the peace plan? But anyway, and then subsequently they just all dismissed it in unison as not credible. Yeah, it's not credible. The 12 point plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not credible. Why is it not credible? Well, because, war. because Stoltenberg said, why not? It's not credible because, because China has yet to condemn Russia. You have to condemn Russia first, mm. then you can only then tacitly can join our side. Then you can propose then the peace can, plan. Then you can mediate. Uh, yeah, I, on our I side. Think, I think what's going on here: China is basically nailing its colors to the mast on this issue. It's putting forth itself, its um, credentials to become the new world's policeman, mm-hmm. not hegemon, but. Mm policemen in the actual sense that people thought America meant it when they said that's our role in the world. Not a yeah. crooked cop, an actual policeman. Um, anyway, so it was a busy week at the Chinese FM. So besides the 12-point peace plan, um, they published five papers. They're at the top of their website, um, Chinese Foreign Ministry. Um, just, just one of them is super interesting. And that guy we saw briefly, the spokesman at the Chinese FM, uh, he read out from one of them, the title of this paper is U.S. Hegemony and Its Perils. And he pretty much read the whole paper out to the press. I have a two-minute clip of it here. The whole thing goes on in this vein. It's basically like listening to a judge. If America and its history mm-hmm. and policies, foreign policy, were on trial. And uh, the Chinese this week have basically summarize the case for the prosecution and cast judgment. I've never seen him speak in such a direct way. We've seen it from Putin increasingly ever since 2014. And every year, like last year, he had some amazing speeches because it was like, Jesus Christ, that's no holds barred. He's full on. He's giving it to the US with both barrels. It's the first time I've seen China do it, mm. not from Xi's mouth directly, but through his government. So they published these five papers and they're still turning them out. This is him reading off from one of them. 真正令人担忧的是美国对世界和平稳定起到的破坏性作用美国建国二百四十多年的历史当中只有十六年没有打过仗二战结束以来世界上发生的武装冲突当中有美国发起的战斗约百分之八十美国也是侵犯别国主权
State of the Nation address to the Federal Assembly last week. He right. used the same one. They're copying he, off each other. There's something going on. He, he paused during his speech to say, and by the way, they are not our stats. We got them from an American official website. Yeah, or, or yeah that's by, by their own counting, yeah. So they both used the same stats and the same. I thought that was interesting, the, the kind of, maybe it's just copycat, but, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, well, the Chinese, obviously, I mean, you hear him saying that, and then the Chinese put themselves forward as a mediator uh, of a peace process in Ukraine. You can see how the Americans will be rather skeptical of that, you know. Uh, and like you said, they, um, Stoltenberg said that they have to condemn Russia first before they would. But obviously, they're not going to condemn Russia. They just condemned America, right? They're the opposite. They condemned America right. for its right. warmongering over the 20th century up until today. Um, yeah. So it's a moral thing. You know, from the West, there's, there's this moral thing. The, the bullshit line they've been given from the beginning, which this is a moral war. This is an unprovoked uh, aggression by Russia against Ukraine, which is a lie, obviously. For anybody who, who doesn't know, it's obviously a lie. It was a provoked, Russia was provoked into this conflict deliberately. Um, but they still hold that moral argument that we are, we have the moral good on our side, the moral high ground. And therefore, um, China has to get on the side of the moral high ground yeah. with us, right? It's like there's a special place in hell reserved for those who maintain their neutrality mm-hmm. in, in, in a moral crisis, right? Dante Alighieri or... JFK, well, both of them said it. Dante, I think, said it first. Anyway, um, I think he lived before JFK. Anyway, um, but but China, that China foreign minister has taken a moral position quite clearly. That's right? their response. Their response <clears throat> to being moralized to to being lectured to by the United States. No, no, you, you can't have a credible peace proposal on uh, and nominate yourself as a mediator because you have yet to condemn Russia. Mm. Their response is. We're going to condemn you. Yeah, that's if there's some condemning to do, uh, you're first. Um, but anyway, so Putin gives this speech. People just to context as well. Putin gives a speech during the, which was you know not different from what he said before, just more of the same. He talked about the moral uh, kind of degradation of the West. He talked about transgenderism and children and you know uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's the term they use? Um, uh, gender reassignment therapy, etc., that kind of stuff. Mm. <clears throat> he made he was he was he was super moralistic uh, in terms of condemning the West, not just from for what they're doing in Ukraine, but in terms of Western society. Um, so, yeah. he, but he's done that before uh, on a few occasions over the yeah. past few years. It's not that's not something new. So, this was on the anniversary. People were expecting the twenty fourth was the an- one year anniversary of the start of the conflict in Ukraine, and all the all the armchair generals were expecting there to be some big a major big strategic, strategic announcement. Five million troops or a massive bombardment. They were going to end the war on the 24th, right? It was going to be a big, big hoo-ha. And there was nothing. Basically, it's just carry on. The it, war of attrition carries on, but Putin made a speech was the only thing. It was domestic. It was, it was basically a budgetary <laughs> recap of how the last year has been and the health of the economy, right. which is awesome, all things considered. He said they reached their target inflation goal of 4%, right. stuff like that, and gave comparisons. Germany's is pushing 17%, Britain's 20 you know? right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. like They're not doing so good. We're, We're doing pretty good, though. Your sanctions <laughs> haven't worked very well. In fact, they've Between had the, the lines, effect. he said, yeah. yeah, he said all that. But, but so that was, isn't, that, he's only did a little, he only did a tiny section there, speaking about right. values in the state of the West. Mm. He didn't, Most of it, it was it wasn't, internal. People, his critics 
his mainstream critics go, oh, yeah, I, yeah, we read about those in the history books. The Soviet generals and the so like Stalin, the Soviet uh, Politburo, they used to have loads of speeches like that where they'd get up there and rant for four hours about how shit the West is, in, engaging in water battery to kind of big up, to give some moral uplift to how shit things were back here on our side of the mm-hmm. Iron Curtain. We'll just rant about how bad things are there. And they, they, they portray, they just summarize in Western reporting about the speech that that's what he was doing. Putin spoke for like two minutes. There's a two minute section where he makes reference to, and he concludes that thing where he's moralizing mm. about the lack of morals in the West. And he said, well, you know, the last, last thing on that is I heard that the Anglican church has proposed to make God gender neutral. Well, you know what this says in scripture. Yeah. Lord forgive them because they don't know what they do. Right. And he left it at that. That was the end of it. But people people are so starved in the West for anything remotely resembling this kind of statement right. that they took that two minute clip from his one and a half hour speech and it went viral. Uh-huh. That's what all Westerners will remember. But he didn't intend it that way. Right. It's a boring one and a half hour speech about the state of the economy, yeah. which is, you know, sound. But there's a little clip and Westerners like sought it out. And this is what I told you earlier in the week. It struck me that as I was watching the kind of trending of it on Twitter and elsewhere, that section of it was the most shared. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing Westerners talk from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they were, so the, the West, Western, like you're saying, Western media was like, as much as they hate, they, they love to hate Putin, right? And they've built him up into such a phony boogeyman that they can't, they can't, but hang on his every word every time yeah. he says something. It's, it's bizarre, and they give him loads of airtime and loads yeah. of. Um, but and the, obviously the American uh, political class and the White House and stuff understood that and realized that they had to push back against that kind of uh, media focus on Putin, especially over Ukraine and what he was going to say about Ukraine or whatever. So they had uh, Biden head off during the week there on a secret trip. Yeah. Secreted into Ukraine no one knew until on a uh, train force one, <laughs> uh, real force one. Uh, they got him in cause, well, on a all, train. Yeah, fly but, well, they can't go. They can't fly in, right? It's too too dangerous for them to fly in. But um, they, yeah. So he he's there. <laughs> it's a kind of a joke. Like um, he arrives in Kiev. Here's uh, here's something. I mean, you probably people probably saw this already, but. Um, this is Biden coming out of the Biden coming out of the Ukrainian White House. I don't know what it is. Anyway, he's coming out with Zelensky, and uh, check it out. <laughs> On cue. <laughs> My God, Mr. President, duck. <laughs> duck, sir. The Germans, the Germans, I mean, the Russians. The Nazis, oh, I mean, the Russians, I mean, the. <clears throat> and, and then it stops. So, it's kind of going in the background a little bit still, but as soon as he walks out, they push the button on the air return. <laughs> but the funny thing is, if that was genuine, Surely there would be a little bit of alarm yeah. among the security, maybe. Yeah. Mr. President, or Red Saren just went off, we better get you back inside. No, no, it's fine. That was all planned. So that's a strong, wobbly, 80-year-old man in a crisis uh, 
the reason actually he didn't respond to the return is because he couldn't hear it because <laughs> uh, he didn't have his hearing aids in. Um, yeah, but it's an example of, of the the crass level of propaganda, and I don't think it flew with most people who saw it. They're like, dude, you just turned on the Earth siren just for effect there. What, what, what were you trying to achieve? You know what I mean? I mean, you, you meant, you meant, we're meant to get from that that Biden is so brave. Yeah. And the Ukrainians are like these air raid sirens go off all the time. Kiev, Kiev hasn't been hit by missiles in, in any significant way for, for a long time. Uh, it's, and it's, it's never like the, the main focus of any, of any missile salvos. And there certainly wasn't going to be any that day, but they turned on the air raid siren anyway. It's that level of crass propaganda that's just like, dude, how old are you and how old do you think we are? You know what I mean? Yeah, but um, yeah, so he, he arrives and just talks a bunch of crap and goes back to Poland, talks a bunch of crap to some people in Poland, it's quite a lot of people in Poland. The Polish people are nuts; like uh, they've lost the plot completely. I mean, I never, I don't know if the Polish people ever had the plot, but they certainly don't have it now. Um, it was something like thirty thousand people or something that he, they they got together to listen to Biden, and they're all screaming and waving Ukrainian flags, and of course, Poles are. Yeah, I don't. I'm not talking about Polish people. Sorry, I can't. It's uh, it take too long. Um. Anyway. Um. But besides the cross grandstanding choreography that took place in Kiev, um, I'm j- just note the fact that they timed it for Biden to be in Eastern Europe when Putin gave his speech. That for me is. Is really telling. Yeah, well, that's part of the propaganda uh, as well. Obviously, they sent him there to to combat the airtime that that uh, they were going to give to Putin. Yeah, on part of Putin's speech. But well, we better put Biden in there to show that we're not just sitting back here. He's but, he's got something to say as well. But doesn't that just show you how much things have changed? Putin is just you know in the Kremlin. Yeah, he didn't have right. to move. No, no. But Biden had to be put on a yeah, plane. Yeah, yeah. Five thousand miles away. Well, he is like the Queen at the end of the day. You know, the Queen often goes around. The Queen of England. Mm-hmm. Often goes around to, uh, you know, different countries to represent the, the, to big up the, you know, England or the crown, the crown basically, and and all she represents or she did represent the king. Now, uh, so he's doing the same thing. Biden is is it White House for mo- the most part. The POTUS is a ceremonial position. Doesn't really know a lot of what's going on. It's just told what to do. But there was an interesting little thing here, just in case, and it's deep conspiracy theorist. You thought false flags a few months ago last year. Remember uh, the Pentagon said that false flags were real, except it's only Russia that does them, but false flags are real. Remember that, yeah. was that conspiracy theory? It was busted, not busted. or but Boris Johnson launched verified. that conspiracy theory, I think. Yeah, but the Pentagon. Remember your man? Oh, yeah, Kirby. Kirby. Uh, was it Kirby? Yeah. Anyway, um, here's another one. To throw that one up there and play the video. Um, this is Biden again in Poland, but check out that video. Just play there. To było ściśle tajne. Pod osłoną nocy w specjalnym pociągu Joe Biden przekroczył polską polską granicę. Wszystko po to, by dotrzeć do Kijowa. 
To pierwsza wizyta amerykańskiego prezydenta w Ukrainie od czasu rosyjskiej agresji. Biden spotkał się z Wołodymirem Załęskim. W tym samym czasie nad miastem zawyły syreny. Pojawiły się doniesienia o wysłanych przez Rosję myśliwcach MiG-31. Samoloty miały być uzbrojone w naddźwiękowe pociski. Joe Biden odniósł się do swojej wizyty na Twitterze. Jak pisze, pojawił się w Ukrainie, by potwierdzić niezachwiane zaangażowanie. Who's He's that? Dressed in the same way as. Is that just dressed in the same way? It looks a bit like him. That's Zelensky number two. There's, there's more than one of them. <coughs> you think he's a body double? Yeah. I thought he was just a bodyguard. No body. Well, he's dressed wearing in green camo ca- like him. <laughs> well, we know it's a war and all that. No, the bodyguards are, are hanging around with camo and guns and, you know, uh, that's that's his minimi. That's. So it's like a decoy. There's an assassin in the building. Body double. On a rooftop. He'll go out and, yeah. Yeah. He'll go out and walk he'll around. first. Yeah. Or he'll, he's the only one who goes outside. Sometimes. Right. Well, this might be standard, but the Ukrainians are just kind of dumb and new to this, and so they let it show. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You shouldn't, I mean, if you've got a body double, you shouldn't ever, well, it doesn't really matter if you show them, because you might have multiple body doubles, so it doesn't matter, and it still serves the purpose. Like, governments would assume that Zelensky has a body double, right? Biden might have a body double, who knows, you know? Boris Johnson, when he was prime minister, there's no way to get a body double for him, unfortunately, because no. a head on him. You know, yeah. what I mean? they literally try, tried, they literally searched the whole world, and they couldn't find anybody with a big wobbly, fluffy head. In the him. end, they just put a wig on a walrus. Yeah, 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 they tried that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, interesting body doubles. So anyway, but actually, I missed something here. There's just on the China thing. There's another. T- we're talking about kind of. Well, we're talking about propaganda, right? Um, <laughs> so hot in the heels of Chinese, Chinese spy balloon, then China enters the new Cold War and comes out, you know, making its intentions clear. Um, and then cue the media. Now, of course, the media have done this before, particularly CNN and other organizations like that, but they they, they immediately start with, you know, softballing it, because like we said, they can't go full, you know, Putin killed my, gee, killed my baby type thing in China. But they, it just seamlessly blends into Chinese militarization, China building up its military tensions, military tensions between China and um, and, and America. And, and the media just dutifully runs with that. Uh this is from CNN. I was just looking at it yesterday. Uh, it's kind of interesting, again, from a propaganda point of view, but um, just play the, play the video there. ...warplane filmed just off the wing of a U.S. Navy reconnaissance plane flying over the South China Sea. We're getting a close-up look at a Chinese fighter jet. The air crew here identifies it as a J-11, a two-seater that they say is armed with air-to-air missiles... And no it's been shadowing this U.S. Navy plane now for about 15 minutes. It is pretty remarkable to see it's this remarkable. Chinese warplane operating at such close proximity. I'd say it's belligerent. It's several hundred feet away from yeah, our aircraft. But I'm cool. The Chinese fighter escort, part of a regular routine. I'd say it's another Friday afternoon in South China Sea. 
U.S. Navy invited CNN to fly on a P-8 The plane is headed past the self-governing island of Taiwan, which China claims as its own, to the South China Sea, which China also claims almost all for itself, ignoring competing claims from countries like Vietnam and the Philippines. Not really. Some 30 miles from the Chinese-occupied Paracel Islands, a Chinese voice crackles over the radio. American aircraft, this is the PLA Air Force. You are approaching Chinese airspace. Keep a safe distance or you'll be intercepted. That's when the Chinese People's Liberation Army fighter jet appears, flying so close you can see the pilots in their cockpit. Oh, my God, they're real. But eventually leaves when the U.S. plane turns south. It's like oil spots as they build as they build on one reef and then build anyway, on another. You can pause there. It's just it's just uh, our stops. It's um. It's just thought it was an interesting report, you know. And <laughs> CNN were invited by the Navy to come on this plane. Why? Because to do a report. Well, because, because they, we know that they knew you were guaranteed to provoke the PLA. Because we're gonna, hey, we're gonna fly this plane past Taiwan, uh, you know, this spy plane basically, uh, American spy plane past Taiwan, and would you maybe like come aboard and and film the uh, the Chinese uh, jets that, yeah. that come, and then you can do a report and uh, just for fun, you know, I don't know, why not? Yeah, that. But this is we we fly we fly we Americans fly their spy plane close to China, close to you know disputed Taiwan, and then say that it's shocking that uh, the Chinese have responded. Is it really? Are you shocked? You don't look shocked in that video, dude. I mean, and the guy just said it was like you know, uh, typical Friday. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think so, are you meant to be shocked? What yeah, you, you got to put that? yourself in the in their headspace. They're exceptionalists. So their main reaction is mild amusement mm. for now at these upstarts. Like, what? who do you think? They're not seriously claiming this is your airspace. They, they are actually. But this was done for the American public. Yeah. No other reason but for the American public. Put it on the front page on CNN. And it's like, so it's, the public should be asking themselves, what, what am I meant to, what am I getting from this? What do you want me to get from it? What does the government here want? Because this is a government operation, basically. On CNN, this is a government operation on CNN because it was the Navy, i.e. the Pentagon, that invited CNN to come along to produce this video to put it in front of the American public's eyes so they can get a certain something from it. I'm not sure what it is. They know what they they want the public to get from it, but uh, it's just it's it's a joke, you know. It's it's an impossible stretch. They're trying to get people, bring people around to we're under attack in the South China Sea, in Crimea, um, in the Persian Gulf. Mm-hmm. It, 
I, I don't know what to say. These people are nuts. They just assume most Americans and therefore most of Westerners at least agree with them that this is, that they see the world from the same viewpoint. Here's another one. Here's a, <clears throat> this is an American uh, senator. Have a listen. He's discussing, um, Ostensibly, he's discussing uh, Ukraine and sending weapons, but it's actually bigger than that. He makes a super revealing comment. This is like the senator um, for Louisiana, mm. Republican, Kennedy, no relation to the Kennedy family. <clears throat> Play that. Well, well, it's not going to be easy, and there is risk, but there's even greater risk, in my judgment, if we do nothing. Send money to Ukraine. Um, I have sponsored a bill. I haven't been able to pass it in the Senate that would have the president appoint a special inspector general to follow every penny and to embed people in Ukraine so we can uh, we can follow the money. But I have never viewed um, the money we're, we're providing to Ukraine as an act of charity. I see it as an act of self-preservation. It, it's clear to me that she is working with Putin, who's working with the Ayatollah in Iran. Their goal is to have Russia dominate Eastern and Central Europe, to have uh, Iran dominate the Middle East, and to have China dominate the Indo-Pacific and Sub-Saharan Africa. And that is not a place that is safe for the American people. Make it make sense. You see, he's trying to square the circle. He cannot do it, but he tried his best. To what? To make America safe. The, the place to live, the geography, the North American continental chunk, the peace of the world. To make that safe, those countries over there cannot dominate the rest of the world. Their geographies. Their, 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 their sphere of That's influence. why we must send weapons to prevent them. Otherwise, you won't be safe. America's not safe if other countries in the world have influence over their uh, their if, region. If they remove us from being able to dominate their region. If we yeah, we, we dominate the world and any de dominization yeah. makes the world not safe for America. In what way not safe? He said he said not safe for Americans. Aren't most Americans in America? He's trying to appeal to people in Louisiana, his his constituents. But how does it not make them not safe if China were to dominate Asia the Asia Pacific area? He won't they just keep repeating the party line. None of them well, ever articulate yeah, it. Yeah, explain it. Like there's only there's only a little bit left of his dialogue there to actually complete the to complete the sent to complete the the thought the idea to to make it make sense, right? Only a little bit left. We know what it is, right? Trump blurted. It's it economic. Out. It's economic. It's the dollar. It's senderage. Trump blurted it out when he said, Shh, "What do you mean the death ceiling? We just print more dollars." That was as far as Trump went with it. The Chinese report that I just quoted earlier, one of the five, went into detail on it. Again, Putin said it in speeches already. They're not the first to say this, but there's now two governments that have begun to articulate the problem, the core problem, is seniorage. U.S. dollar domination of world capital flows around the order of 90% means that every time anyone else buys and sells, they have to use dollars, right? It means the U.S. just has to pay the Chinese report said just 17 cents to print a $100 bill. 
everyone else has to pony up a hundred dollars worth of goods. Right. You're yeah, living high funny. on the hog of everyone else. What he's saying is if we don't send some of that funny money, however much it takes to Ukraine, we're screwed because we're no longer going to get yeah. the free tax benefits. Well, because American power in the world will, will, will wane and decline and with it, its economic influence and therefore all those dollars come back home and America contracts to its rightful size and there's massive... Yeah, massive poverty, basically. Um, so so it, is sense, is, it, it is existential. It is existential. And he is genuinely concerned about his constituent back yeah. in Louisiana. But he won't go on to say the whole thing because he will... Because it undermines... Take a sword and rip to shreds the moral right. rationale, the right. self-myth we tell ourselves about why we're great and those right. Chinese are evil and so on. Right. Because if you, if you say that part, the quiet part out loud... Yeah. You, you, you will... You will what, practically want to pull your eyes you'll say i don't want to be a westerner never mind maybe not even an american it will seriously cause you well you'd have trouble to have doubt about everything well you might have doubt about it but you'd certainly have trouble justifying um you know america sending on the building to ukraine yeah, or, or sending the American military around the world to, to continue American hegemony, unless you really understood it and you were taken into a back room and given the details, that that last bit of the, the, the dialogue, basically, of, of what it actually means. You might say, well, yeah, this is essential for us. We need to do, we need to do what it is ever, whatever is necessary to make sure that we stay stay top, top of the pile. But uh, you're talking about the petrodollar there. But aren't fossil fuels going to be go extinct like the dinosaurs that made them? Uh, and in that case, are we going to have the, sol- the next? We're going to have the solar solar panel dollar. Yeah, yeah, they've already prepared all this turbine kind of, dollar. That guy, um, the former governor of the Bank of England, he was solar turbine dollar. Where is he with now? He was organizing the G twenty in Glasgow, and they, they explained in a speech there, um, the greening of part of the greening of the economy was to restructure finance away from petrodollar right. to prepare the ground for for digital currency digital currency and a brave new world uh, yeah but to but yeah to lock it in to if they were no longer using as much oil and gas but to see that's still an if because yeah. they are they're they, using as much as they ever have but and they and they know they're going to keep doing that but for a while in the yeah. castle in the sky they're building for the future mm. they have a contingency for that too so it petrodollar right. w- it would not be they would not necessarily be coupled, uh, fossil fuel energy, so-called, and the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. Putin actually gave a speech, uh, another speech yesterday, I think, on Saturday, um, with Russia, Russia One TV. Did you did you come across it? No, uh, interview, yeah, an interview, yeah, <clears throat> not a speech, an interview. He, he was just talking to the talking to the reporter, and he basically it was interesting. He, you know, he. I think he talked. He talked about a bunch of different things. It wasn't that long, but his main points. I just kind of noted them down. His main points were that um, the unity of the people of Russia is the main condition for all the victories and achievements of the country. So, uh, nod to unity. Stay unified, right? Russia should take into account the nuclear potential not only of the United States but also all other NATO countries, France and Great Britain, when the alliance considers the. Strategic defeat of Russia as its main goal. Basically, in this interview, his main points were talking about the threats that are 
being helping or being on helping level against Russia and what it means for the Russian people. He says the West has one goal, and that's to eliminate the Russian Federation. He says U.S. satellites have joined the fight, and by U.S. satellites, he means basically Europe and everybody else who is enthralled to America. U.S. satellites have joined the fight against the Russian Federation, but they are aware of the selfishness of Washington's intentions. So he's seeing a little bit of um, dissent amongst the, the vassals to some extent. Uh, he said the West could accept Russia into the family of civilized nations, civilized peoples, but only in parts. They wouldn't ever accept it at all. He says the Russian people, if the West succeeds in destroying the Russian Federation, and establishing control over its fragments would not survive. The Russian people would not survive. He said there would be Muscovites, Urals, and others. He said the world must change, but Russia is against building a new world in the interests of only one country, the United States, echoing what the Chinese have said. The Russian Federation will not behave like the United States in relation to other countries. Of course, they don't believe that, and I mean part of their, 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 their anti-Russian or pro-Ukrainian uh, argumentation has been that uh, Russia, this is Ukraine is just the first step, right? Yeah. Next yeah. is Poland, then it's Latvia, then it's then it's Berlin, then it's Paris, then it's Washington D.C. Yeah, nonsense. Like anyway, but he says Russian Federation would not behave like the country that it is like the USA that it has today been and for many years been condemning uh, for its behavior. It would not just turn around and start behaving like the country that it has been fighting against for so long. Uh, and he said, he interestingly said, I mean, it's, it's a point we talked about last week. He said, NATO deliveries of weapons to Ukraine is participation in the conflict. Why? Because the West does not receive money for these weapons. I mean, one thing if they were just selling weapons and getting money for them, but they're pumping weapons into Ukraine and with no charge. And it's funny, he threw in at the end, uh, France was humiliated by the Americans in the situation, in the, in the cancellation of the order for submarines for Australia. Remember that about five or six years ago where uh, Australia had ordered a bunch of yeah. Uh, yeah. submarines and they had ordered them from France for France yep. to manufacture them. And America, America went in and nixed that deal uh, and, and said, no, you buy ours instead. Former, um, former the AUKUS, another para, paramilitary alliance, you know. Right. So that speech was like Putin obviously was talking about the threats and what we need to do and, and where they're coming from. And, and you know, he's he's sounding an alarm in a certain sense or just letting the, the Russian people know because it was on Russian state TV, letting the Russian people know that this is what we're up against. You know, it's not going to happen. There, this, But this is what they're trying to do. This is what the West is trying to do. It's trying to destroy, uh, destroy Russia. It has been for quite a while. And, uh, you know, we ultimately wouldn't survive if we let them do what they... Uh, what they want to do, therefore we have to push back. But and the 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 Western media, at least one part of it, I haven't looked at it at all. But one out of that interview, of course, again, like you said, they're they're hanging on his every word. Check out how the check out how the Telegraph reported on. Like so, what I just said. Check out the uh, check out how the Telegraph today reported on that interview that I just summarized for you. Uh, check out how the Telegraph. Reported on it. Putin killed my country. No. Putin says Russian people, quote, may not survive. They're losing. <laughs> See how they spin it? You know, I mean, no yeah. context and they just. Yeah, I know. 
it's gas. That'll be one take on it. But then, the, then you'll get the serious take. So there'll be a commentary, like an op-ed further on in the paper or something, and it'll say, ah, oh, those Russians. Putin has again uh, regurgitated the tropes about how we somehow in the West intend to break Russia up into tiny parts. Of course we don't. Typical, typical. And he sells it to the Russian people. And, well, unfortunately, too many of them eat it up. Like, there's no evidence for it. It's preposterous, preposterous. (laughs) And then you're like, but Putin's whole time in office, 20-some years off and on, is like, it's a testimony to it. Chechnya, Dagestan, Mm -hmm. Georgia, Ukraine, the color revolutions, Kazakhstan. Um, when he intervened the first time, 2000, for what would have been the second Chechen war, mm-hmm. there was a big incipient rebellion taking place in Kazan, which is a Muslim majority, kind of basically their the descendants of the Tatar, the Mongolians. Much further north, though, I mean, it's like 300 kilometers but due east of of Moscow, mm-hmm. the country was falling apart. And mm-hmm. He said he's he said at the time, but much less often, I suppose. Now he has clout, so when he says the same message, their their long term goal has always been to break us up. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that now Russians and Westerners have more evidence with which to believe what he's always suspected. He doesn't sound like a loon anymore. He he's able to. Basically, in recent years, come out as a full-on conspiracy theorist mm. because the evidence he's 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 been there with us as the evidence has piled up and piled up, mm-hmm. you know. And he now has a receptive audience to it, which is why they have to respond in ever crazier ways, like with the Telegraph headline we just saw, just simply by spinning it or dismissing it if they're taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. It's. Yes, yeah. it's it's, ama- it's amazing. He was saying the same things in the early two thousands, though, mm-hmm. but much more discreetly, um, and they didn't get wide traction. Imagine having to wait twenty years for people around you. First of all, never mind foreigners, just your own people, to get on board with what you see. Twenty mm. freaking years, and all the pain and suffering that could have been avoided before then. Yeah, well, now you got to let people learn on their own time, you know. Yeah. Um, Crimean Bridge is fully reopened this week. Right. Good job, uh, Kiev. All you've done is nothing. Boris Johnson. Oh, this is the. I hope this happens. Boris Johnson wants to become the next Secretary General of NATO. Awesome. Please, for God's sake, please. It'll be so much more interesting than that, that awful Stoltenberg. And the, and the, and the, and the, yeah. the, the stultifying, big, stammering, stuttering idiot. Goon, yeah. Can't stand him. Can't stand him at all. He's just. He's. Oh. Did you uh Lannibus. I preferred Rasmussen. Yeah. He was more poetic. Mm. He at least like I remember some of his bullshit yarns were great. He long before it was fashionable, in like twenty fourteen, Putin had only just become um Russian man bad because of Crimea. And he came up with a yarn that no one else ever repeated. It just came out of his mouth one day. He said his, his suspicion was that at the time there were protests in uh, parts of England against fracking, mm-hmm. big environmental protests. You know, they did not want, because they'd seen the, some of the results happening in the United States with uh, 
damaged water, water supply and minor microquakes and stuff. And there was a protest movement against fracking in England, which the Tory government at the time wanted to, you know, let off the leash. <clears throat> and he came out of, Rasmussen came out of nowhere and said, yeah, my suspicion is that the Russian government is funding an influence operation to get protesters in England to pressure the government not to allow fracking, which, of course, increased the supply of gas from Russia to Europe. At the time, it was jaw-dropping because no one had ever talked like that, you know? Yeah. It, that's the norm now. That's the conspiracy theory theorizing 101 is coming out of every yeah. Western leader, but the West, it was West, novel then. Western political leaders believe, fervently believe that there is no agency amongst the, the average man or woman in the street, that they have no political awareness, that there's no real agency, that anything they do, any protests that happen are all, um, anything, any protests that happen that are against what the politicians in the West want must be the work of the other foreign ent foreign enemy, whoever it is, Russia, whoever whoever fits the profile, yeah. right? The ordinary people in in Western countries can never <clears throat> never come to conclusions themselves, correct conclusions themselves, and not like certain things their government are doing and go out and protest about them. It has to be some kind of a, yeah. a, a an operation uh, by by a foreign yeah. foreign entity. Uh, that's Which, because they themselves think that they control their exactly, people all the time. They're exactly. the ones who control it, their people. It gives away how their minds work. How they view them, yeah. Did you see? Uh, I haven't talked about COVID in a long time. Woody Harrelson. What is that? that? The COVID. Do you know who, the COVID went away? Yeah, uh, about a year ago on the 24th. Or COVID just suddenly went away. That guy who entered, uh, there's, a, there's a picture of a guy, uh, the first of uh, Russian military coming through the border yeah, at Crimea yeah, into, yeah. into Ukraine. And uh, the the meme was that he's a hero for ending COVID. He single handedly <laughs> defeated COVID uh, by launching the Ukraine war. Um, but Woody Harrelson was on SNL, you know, Saturday Night Live. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, strange because they have gone totally like lefty woke kind of thing in, in recent years. But yeah. uh, it's weird that he got to, got to do this. But maybe they didn't understand what he was saying at the time, or he didn't tell them. Have a listen. Okay, so the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes. And people can only come out if they take the cartels drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea? <laughs> Pretty smart, huh? Good, yeah. He said, he's talking about getting a script, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's the plot well, Here's the plot of the movie. And I was like, no way. That exactly. But there are things that happened in those and, years that you wouldn't have put well, in he's, a he's, movie. He's pretty, pretty, you know. Clued in, yeah. Clued in on the whole COVID business. He yeah. has mentioned, mentioned, you know, said pretty, uh, you know. He's, he's pretty actually awake as opposed to woke. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But you notice in that, in that, um, the thing there, he said, the biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media as part of his thing. This was a response to his yeah, SNL skit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of proven his point, no? It's literally what happened in 2020. British government bought all, they, they issued an order and said all, all media advertising slots must be made available to the government for the duration of this entire pandemic. Right. And sponsored by Pfizer. So yeah. Woody Hartson in his, his you know, is is pretend uh, movie script as part of you know 
the pushing the vaccines and people, the biggest growth cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media. So he says that as a, as exposing what actually happened during the COVID thing. Yeah. And then they, the media responds by right. doing exactly Pro- what By proof his point. Yeah. <sighs> it's getting worse. Like, I mean, I don't know. The inanity is getting worse. But yeah. thankfully for now, Putin has saved us from Bill Gates and his needles. Although he wants to come back. He wants to now put somehow put the spike protein in food supply. Can't trust him, that Bill. Bill Gates? He's, yeah, he's already succeeded, you know, with some of his mosquitoes. Something going on there with mosquitoes they released in Florida and the Zika virus. Yeah. Did um, you see that this is out, this um, is just from today, actually. Do you remember getting uh, censored for something like this? Lab leak, most likely origin of COVID-19 pandemic, energy department now says. Wait, this is today's Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> US agency's revised assessment is based on new intelligence. Repeatedly, they- I'm amazed at how smart, how, how smart I am. And not just me, but many other people out there who are, who over the past number of years were dismissed as crazy conspiracy theorists and idiots and et cetera. But we repeatedly said years ago at this point, stuff now that it has taken intel agencies, the full power and might of intel agencies, a few years to actually come to. Now, either we're super lucky where we just like randomly hit on the right answer all the time, the right assessment of what's going on, or we're like smarter than intelligence agencies. Definitely the latter. You think that's what it is? We should form our own intelligence agency, our own think tank. Haven't we? Maybe. Wink, wink, not nudge. Remember Shh, the handshake. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> no, but the, <clears throat> the, don't get too carried away. They, this isn't the, back in Easter 2020, they were first saying this. It was for most of, uh, no, no, but you weren't allowed. La- Lably. No, no, but they, 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 they voiced it and then poo-pooed it. Yes. They made it go away. It was and like, no it way. Back again. It was a good year before you could even say it on social media. And even then it was suspect, but people, I yeah. got, I got, I and many others got Facebook jail time for saying what's in the Wall Street Journal today. Right. So yeah. That, that, and and that Wall Street was... Journal is based on intelligence. They found some intelligence. So, what else happened this week other than all of that nonsense we just talked about? So, um, well, it was the one year anniversary, of course, of the launch of the special military operation. Um, the super military. They are operation. so clever. They, um, our dear leaders, are so clever. They put. They apparently Kiev shipped them damaged Russian tanks, and they were placed in European capitals like Berlin, um, for people to yeah, yeah. supposedly big up their support for Ukraine. Um, here's Justin Trudeau holding a rally with his um, U- Ukrainian emigre descent Nazis supporters in Ottawa. Just look at the head on this guy. Sorry to make you all watch this, but the fact that this guy is still leader. I know. Not him. Sir, I think Ukrainians can tell you a little bit about freedom and liberty. So why don't you Ooh. settle down? Ooh. This is a it's night for the heckled for you. Yeah. Slava Ukraini. This is a night for Ukrainians, not for you. Ooh. If you want to stand and cheer with Ukraine, do that. You want to wave that Ukrainian flag? Please do. But let people celebrate that Ukraine is still standing and Canada stands with it. 
<clears throat> He's someone it's else amazing. who was saved by the invasion of <laughs> Ukraine. Without it, uh, I don't know. What, we don't know what would have happened with the Freedom Convoy if this hadn't intervened. Um, Zelensky, of course, marked it too by warning the U.S. that, or warning Americans who don't support the war that if they don't keep sending right. tens of billions of dollars every day, um, the U.S. will lose its influence in the world. You see? Well, yeah. At least he's it's, being honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. You're all in here for us because yeah. otherwise it's all over for yeah. you. Pax Americana goes yeah. with you if you pull out of this. So I think he was trying to probably convince um, the renegade MAGA Congress people, but yeah. they're not for convincing. Trump responded directly to that, actually. He said, yeah, Ukraine... Maybe he meant probably the Ukrainian issue, but mm-hmm. he said that Ukraine has total dominance over the U.S. right now, mm-hmm. which again speaks to indeed the existential, totalizing aspect of all this. That they, they they can't. Us the quote Macbeth, we've gone too far in to to come out. You know, yeah, we're wading too far in blood. Um, this is horrific. This is footage I saw today. This is um, remember what we've been reading about High Mars. Yeah, and that there isn't a single high mar strike that is not hundred uh, percent mm-hmm. coordinated with uh, by the U.S. It has to US be U.S. intelligence. Yeah. U.S. and this European. is um, a high mar strike today. Yeah, on an ambulance <clears throat> in Do- in Donetsk, right? Donetsk, yeah, killed four doctors. <clears throat> so remember the. Uh, oh, and they, they were going in, uh, there was a previous airstrike, so they were arriving on scene to help injured. This reminds me of a Iraq, previous I, HIMAR strike. That was I, follow also, up. Yeah. Reminds me of the Iraq videos. Yeah. So they had to provide the coordinates, targeting yeah. coordinates, um, the codes to make the launch. Yeah. All that, all that's come to the back end. That came from America. The United States basically today fired a rocket deliberately on an ambulance and killed four doctors back back home that wasn't in kiev that was from somewhere in yep. nebraska or whatever well no they have intel probably in european countries or maybe ramstein yeah yeah uh bakhmut cauldron is nearly complete bakhmut's going to fall any day now yeah which will end the second basic line of defense there's one more behind that isn't there? Mm-hmm. There's basically, roughly, there were three lines mm-hmm. with deep bunkers and, and trenches. In the meantime, though, the, I don't know what's going on. The Kremlin warned last week that the Kiev forces are preparing to invade Transnistria. Yeah. They would only just say that willy-nilly. There probably is a build-up of forces. Why there? Apparently, they have huge stores of Soviet-era ammo there, which would be very useful to them. Yeah. Um, that the Russians... Moldovans are nervous. There was a mass pretty sizable demonstration about 70,000 people protesting in Moldova in support of Russia um, okay we've done Biden and uh, Putin side by side which is kind of the story of last week the real president versus the simulacrum of a president <clears throat> now let's do Trump side by side just as Biden was taking off and on Air Force One and falling down the stairs again. Um, Trump was on his way somewhere. Where was Trump going? 
Trump was taking off on Trump Force One to um, East East Palestine, Ohio. And we mentioned this last week. Um, this happened the, the beginning of last month, this month, February third. But there's something about it. I, I know a lot of people were like jumping on it. No, this is like deliberate sabotage. I don't know why they went with that instinct first. Because my first instinct was I've seen so many chemical acts, incidents as plants and derailments, either or, mm-hmm. that have just put it down to increasing fecklessness and the effect of living under pathocracy. When you end up pe- with people like Sam Brinton, mm-hmm. he's officially the government representative in charge of how to deal with nuclear waste. It's more likely you're going to get a nuclear waste incident, mm-hmm. you know, Maybe not immediately as a result, but down the road. So in general, when Buttigieg is, you know, minister or head of department of transport or something, a train's going to maybe that bit more likely to go off the rails. Uh, He's just not capable. They're incompetent, you know, so incompetence basically. Mm -hmm. But since then, well, it always bothered me that they they decided to burn it off. Mm. That's your first instinct. They said, well, the fire had already started. And what we feared was a massive uh, chain reaction and an explosion in other, in other, um, in as yet unaffected um, train cars or tanks. But they set, I off, think, they set off this huge yeah, c- control burn. Vinyl chloride was the, was the chemical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, I think. I don't know. Um, from what I know, it was all vinyl chloride in, in all of the, the cars. So I don't know about a chain reaction or whatever. <clears throat> I mean, they say it was a controlled burn, but of course, it wasn't a controlled burn. A controlled burn is we actually control the burning of something, or they just set fire to it all and released this massive plume of toxic smoke that uh, kind of blew west, eastwards over, uh, over the East Coast, basically. And it's pretty toxic. So, I mean, it was just seen, I suppose, as the... Uh, it's, you have to, I mean, it may well have been that it may well have been sabotage. You know that the the train derailment was caused by sabotage by someone by who who knows I don't know, but um, how they dealt with it in the moment was uh, seen as the best solution. It's either let it all just lie there and seep into the ground. Obviously, you can't uh, pick it up, but you can't really clean it up. It's already dispersed. It's leaked from the from the the train the the containers. Um, so the best, next best thing is to, you know, the least worst of those two options is uh, to just float it up into the air, um, like in balloons, and uh, let it blow away, or blow down on top of people. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> Get it out of the ground, you know. I can't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know I don't if that know was a, what was the better thing to do, but uh, yeah, burn it off. Or what is the what is the normal hazmat? Maybe it, it depends on every situation, what you should or shouldn't do. Do you arrive with pump trucks and try and recapture the chemical? No. The, I, mean, I think that the, the, the whole shtick was it was already burning and mm-hmm. it was the safest thing. We had to make a snap decision, blah, blah, blah. You've, you've probably seen the CCTV footage of uh, the train traveling through a town before that mm-hmm. and the undercarriage of one of the tanker cars is on fire. Right. Or at least there's sparks. There's bright light. It's presumably it's flames. You can't quite make it out in the footage. Um, here's something that's happened since then. So this is Newsweek, February 20th. We're today 26th, so just, over, uh, just under a week ago. Unrelated, 
But I tell you what, <laughs> no wonder people connected the two, at least in terms of the concept. Um, the shit going on in the US now that is a lot of it, yeah, it's accidental, but there's so many weird stories that kind of come in between the accident stories. Pipe bomb found near Philadelphia train tracks sparks conspiracy theories. Um, how, how near is near? They don't say. They, it wasn't clear. Um, Newsweek couldn't find out in time for their report about the reports. But still... Uh, pipe bomb. Okay, mm -hmm. so that but it, it gets suggest something funky going on at or near trains. Okay, um, also the same day, February twentieth, in a town called Bedford, also in Ohio, it's about seventy miles, which is one hundred and ten some kilometers as the crow flies from East Palestine. So not connected, not on the same train track. It's a different place, but still, it's close in space and time. This happened. Bedford, Ohio. It's a metallurgical plant with a foundry and everything. Uh, it exploded. I don't just mean, you know, there was a transformer that blew and it caught fire and the fire spread. I mean, the description and writers I have here, the freaking thing exploded. It killed at least one person. Injured about two dozen. Exploded. Like molten stuff falling across the street. Um, so that's about 70 miles away, two weeks later. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, again, this is not related to East Palestine directly, but it's actually related to this one. Yeah, the one in Ohio. And a, a, a team of crack, like environmental accident investigators is sent from a private company to clean up the situation, or to, uh, to go check this one out, the one in Ohio, the metals factory in Ohio, yeah, yeah, and um, the plane crashes two minutes after takeoff from the Bill and Bill and Hillary Clinton Airport <laughs> in Little Rock, Arkansas. Like again, I know it's just Bill, and I know, but Little Rock, come yeah, on, breaking news of a plane crash in Little Rock, Arkansas. Just oh, we learned the people on board were actually headed here to Northeast Ohio to help clean up the Oakwood Village explosion from Monday. All five people on board worked for an environmental consulting firm. The plane took off from the Clinton National Airport around noon and was headed for John Glenn Columbus International Airport. Right now we are digging into the story. We'll have much more on air and online as soon as we learn it. D don't take yeah. off from Bill and Clinton Airport. Yeah, especially if you're going somewhere. That's politically possibly contentious. But how do you know what's politically possibly contentious? Uh, yeah. You think you're going just to investigate an industrial accident. The next thing, uh, she said that we'll have more on this later on a website. There have been zero updates. There's not a freaking single. The plane dead. They're dead. All of them. Everyone on board dead. No one knows. No investigation. No update about it. It's just, it's it's the lack of information in addition to the, kind of spooky para connections between these events that just makes, you know, wonder people start conspiracy theorizing and speculating up the wazoo. I mean, Christ, even the Washington Post is asking whether the burning off chemicals of the train mm. is Palestine. Was it necessary? Was it the right move? Mm. The, 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 I mean, it's not clear cut <clears throat> what should or shouldn't be done. 
Uh, again, unrelated, different incident, but happened last week as well. Um, two things. Another chemical disrail- derailment. Same company, Norfolk Southern, this time in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Not a big spill there, but still. Um, also last week, a fire forcing the evacuation of the entire facility, at least briefly, at the uranium enrichment facility in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. That's a lot for, even for one month. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't even, that's not even the whole list of shit that's happened. <clears throat> I don't know. Is it just that shit happens and that shit happens more often under Biden? Mm. It's hard to say, but you have to, I mean, certainly there's, there's the opportunity to, uh, for people in positions of power in the US with influence, uh, to, um, to, to blow things up and set things on fire if it serves their agenda. The problem is figuring out what, figuring out a, a, a motive, you know? There's means, an opportunity, yeah. but the motive, you have to come up with a motive. It's the motive that's always in, 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 in debate. Like all, all conspiracy theories, most conspiracy theories, things that are, theories that are called conspiracy theories, uh, there's always means means and opportunity if you put it in the position, yeah. if you put it at the, in at the doorstep of government, some kind of government agency. They have it's easy they, to break things, right? When you have that kind of influence, but the motive is always the thing that is questioned in conspiracy theories or poo pooed in conspiracy theories. I.e., why would anybody do that? There's nobody in government who wants to blow up a a, a train laden with chemical chemicals, you know, to cause a a chemical. So who wants to do that? Why would they do that? Sure, they could do it. Why would they do it? Why would they blow up a metals factory? Why would they set fire to a metals factory? Why would they set fire to chicken factories? Why would they kill a bunch of chickens? Like, you know, millions of chickens, but yeah. Or that would, f- other food processing plants. Other food processing plants. Why would you, why would you blow those up? Well, uh, t- you have to, to posit a certain scenario to make that fit. And the scenario obviously is the government, is, there's a certain element within the government that's out to... Uh, uh, to make know, life ma- harder for people. Make life hard for people, yeah. So they'd be less likely to rebel and yeah. or vote in a Trump-like figure again. Yeah, keep them in a state of insecurity and how much, fear. How, uh, maybe they, you have to answer with the question, how much do they value securing the White House in the next election and the one after in perpetuity? Or securing well, generalized control. look back on the last six years, how much do they value hmm. having hmm. control of the, the White Mueller House? The Mueller report. Making Russia up. Gate. Yeah. Um, they valued it a lot. To yeah. the point of harming the country. They're willing to go to significant lengths. suffer. Yeah. It just depends on whether or not these things then serve that agenda. So now you've established a motive. Not, well, you really haven't really established no. a motive, but you've established the plausible, the, of, well, the plausible reality, the plausible truth that there are elements within the government that, you know, will go to significant lengths in underhanded and devious ways to secure uh, what they think is their 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 agenda or their plan but in this case you have to put these into that into that plan you have to make them make, make them fit you know yeah and it's <laughs> or you have to expand expand their agenda out to have to expand their agenda out to you know uh like in the example you gave with trump that was a political motivation to get their people their their particular political types in power and and keep their you know their their ideological Buddies in power, basically, the, you know, the people that they wanted in power. And here I'm talking about the deep state or, or whoever you want to, whatever you want to call it, 
getting politicians and and presidents, whatever, in power. Um, that's that's a reasonable enough uh, theory, and it, and it fits and it makes sense. But you'd have to you'd have to go there, and I mean, there's no you know proof one way or the other. You'd have to simply allow for the idea that these particular types of people also have an agenda to make life as difficult and uh, hard for the average citizen as possible. They yeah. have an agenda to grind the country down into a, a state of, you know, suffering and difficulty that will, they think, maybe engender apathy and therefore people are more controllable. So and, it's a yeah, pretty broad yeah. conspiracy theory that you're positing there. Now, but know. it's possible, you know. I know. It's possible. To, to clarify, there's, there's, there's no way this is a win for the White House. So yeah. he, because of other extenuating circumstances, namely shit keeping the broader Western world and ideally the whole world on side against Putin, they have to shuffle him off to Kiev. Right. The day he leaves, Trump arrives in East Palestine right. with, with a ton of cargo. He hands out his aid. Water bottles. He walks around, he shakes the hand. Of course, it's a Trump supporting. It's a, it's a, it's, it's his a, base. It's a red state. They yeah. love it. He just, he looks great. You know, Biden looks like an asshole in, in contrast, you know, um, divides the country politically. On Friday, he was asked, um, more. Are you going to go? Biden, he's returned from Kiev. At this point, I'm not, he said. You know, we were there two hours after the train went down. Two hours. It means like emergency responders. Yeah. <laughs> Who's we in yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, So he got very defensive about it. Um, and initially, there was not a request for me to go out, even before I was heading over to Kiev. So I'm keeping very close tabs on it. We're doing all we can. <laughs> they just look really bad. It's, yeah. Uh, so uh, well, I'm not in any way suggesting that the win for the White House. You know? No. It's it's but, just well, definitely not a win for the country and the general atmosphere. Uh, you know, within America. I mean, the more I think there's there's probably there's got to be a sense at this point with terror attacks, with mass shootings, with infrastructure issues. You know, train derailments, uh, China. Flying deadly balloons over their country make them look weak. There's got to be a general sense in uh, amongst Americans that you know, you know, and in the broad strokes, you know, uh, America isn't isn't doing the best, you know. Yeah, and it's encouraging they're, that idea. They're I not, suppose. and they're not. Um, it's the agenda, as they as they want to say, they're not sending their best, no. so to speak. I mentioned Sam Brinton earlier. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna end my thinking. This is more this this is funny. I stand on a humorous note because thinking about Ohio and the implications is just depressing as hell. So Sam Brinton, remember this is quote the binary bearded LGBT queer activist slash nuclear physicist uh, appointed deputy assistant secretary of spent fuel and waste disposition in the office of nuclear energy. That was his full title. I kid you not. And he lasted last year from June to December 2022 because he was caught twice stealing women's clothes from airport carousels. It turns out actually he's been doing it as far back as 2018 because mm -hmm. what just happened was the clothes he was wearing on a number of occasions, he like in court? high profile event, okay. were recognized by, the by an American stolen. fashion designer as being her clothes. That were stolen. They were stolen. From an airport, okay. yeah. So watch this segment. So down. not only did he steal the clothes, but he started walking around in them. He, wore, he profile, wore them publicly. And then she only recently, whatever, noticed. Well, yeah, because she wouldn't. There were high-profile events like speeches in D.C., you know, a press conference maybe. But not 
they only got flashed widely after he became notorious because mm. of his his kleptomaniac uh, arrest twice in the recent. So this woman saw him on the news recently, and then she's like, "I recognize." Wait, he's wearing my clothes. So Tucker did a segment on it, and I've just told him to give him the whole story. So just before you play, basically, I want you to watch this to see how often uh, side by side. Uh, photo comparisons of what he's wearing versus her in the same outfit. And you realize it's definitely her gear. Here is a breath of clarity, really one of our favorite stories of all time. A Tanzanian fashion designer based in Houston called Asa Koshman says she lost her luggage to the baggage claim of DCA, Washington Reagan National, back in 2018. A couple of days ago, she was watching Fox News and she saw the coverage of Sam Brinton. That would be Joe Biden's non-binary nuclear waste disposal expert who had this weird fetish involving stealing women's clothes from airport carousels. And then it hit Compton. Sam Brinton was photographed wearing her clothes and they're very distinctive clothes. You're seeing the side by side in your screen right now. Now, we are in touch with her. She's in Tanzania right now, but when she gets back, she promises to come on this show and discuss what it's like to have your fashion creations stolen by Joe Biden's nuclear waste, (laughs) non-binary airport fetishist. But in the meantime, we're joined by Chadwick Moore of The Spectator to assess this ongoing story, which really is, Chadwick, you've got to admit, the greatest story ever. Now, I just have to ask, you've been following this since the beginning. You first saw this guy, Sam Britton. Was your first thought, I bet this guy never steals women's underwear off airport carousels? <laughs> well, yeah, you have to um, pardon my glee because I don't think anyone thought this story could possibly get any better. And now, you know, two words that have to apply to him that I would mean sincerely in this case would be stunning and really, really brave. It's not like he's trading around in a gap hoodie. I mean, these are very distinctive, you know, quite lovely clothing that he was wearing, and that poor designer having her creations defiled by the radioactive klepto queen in the energy that's, department. That's her in the originally. That's him in it. But uh, this, I, I'm a little disappointed in, in myself and in, and, <laughs> and in fellow journalists that none of us took a closer look at his clothing and asked what exactly he was wearing, because we should have been tipped no. off. The minute right. we saw some of these outfits that looked like he raided a village in Africa or something, they would have started getting more answers then. That was not off the rack, and that should have been the first tip-off that he had a Tanzanian designer he was stealing from. Um, and I agree with you. We, we, we fell down on the job. Chad Moore, great to see you tonight. Thank you. Oh, my God. Subscribe to the Fox News YouTube channel. To catch our... Yeah. Joe Biden's... Joe Biden's freak show. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you can't comment on that. It's... It's just like that's as serious as all the other stuff is. It's just it still provokes the same reaction in me, which is just like a kind of blank stare and like what? I mean, really, really, is this really happening? I mean, I mean, we, I mean, we meant to take this seriously, you know. That's my response to everything. Most everything I see in the Western media, it's like I just go, really? I mean, is this? Let me check again. No, is that? Is that a is that a is that a what do you call it, satire site? Nope, it's the Western media. Okay, um, I suppose I have to say something about it because apparently it's what's it's it's what's happen- It's what's real, right? According to the Western media, this is this is what's real, and we're meant to just like 
read it, absorb it, and say, that's normal, or, okay, carry on, and but I can't, like, I mean, because none of it's normal. None of it, it's all hysterical, ridiculous, made-up nonsense uh, to one extent or another. You don't mean the story. You mean not, but the, everything. The, his being hired. Not No, but everything yeah. across the board, like everything that we've talked about on the show and we mm-hmm. talk about every week in the show provokes the same response in me mm-hmm. as that segment provokes in me, which is just a kind of slightly bemused, slightly disturbed stare which implies, you know, carries with it the question of, am I meant, is this real? Am I meant to actually comment on this? Is this not some kind of comedy show? You know, that, and that for me, that's across the board. Like when I read the Western media on, on the reports on Ukraine and all this kind of stuff, I'm like, are they really saying that? Is that real? You know, like when Putin, like I said, like an example from today, when we talked about his, Putin gives a speech about why they're defending themselves in Ukraine and saying, if we don't defend ourselves in Ukraine, the, the, the Russian people might cease to exist. Then I go and look at the media and I see the reporting on it that right. says, Putin says the Russian people might, might cease to exist. And that's all they're saying. And yeah. they're taking it as if that's what he said. And I'm like, that, but that's not what he said. Are you really reporting it as if that's what he said? Are you really telling such an egregious lie? I mean, and then passing it off as the truth? That just provokes me this kind of like, uh, I, I have to go see you. I don't, I don't even have a comment anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've seen it so often that I almost don't have a comment. And yeah. I mean, we obviously we talk about it here, but internally that's what it provokes me. It's just like disbelief, slight bewilderment, and then resignation to, yes, this is more horseshit <laughs> that you have to wade through. So yeah, anyway, I think we've waded through enough horseshit uh, for, for, for today and we've subjected our poor listeners and watchers and viewers sorry uh, to enough as well I'm sure they've had enough so yeah I think we'll call it quits for today I think that's enough that's all the bullshit anybody could be expected to handle on a Sunday afternoon or whatever day you're watching this so yeah thanks for watching thanks for commenting don't forget to do whatever to the like button and smash all the other buttons and we'll be back next week with another show so until then have a good week see you later thanks for watching see you next week can't stop the signal now